I want to talk, uh, we're talking a little bit today about a couple of things. One has to do with preparation, and so when you think about in your life some of the biggest things that you've made preparation for, uh, what comes to mind? I like it that before you have a baby, usually, uh, unless you've adopted or something and, and got uh, short notice, you have about nine months to prepare for the arrival of that child. Uh, if you've been uh, in a career path, some of you have had many years of education to prepare for your profession. Some of you have had to prepare for weddings for your children. Uh, some of you have had to prepare for a birthday party or for a holiday party or some kind of an event, and there's all kinds of communication and details and information that gets changed and exchanged through that. It takes a lot of patience, perseverance. So preparation is something that requires a lot of our time and attention. Christmas time is probably one of the major times in a year and annually that requires preparation on our part. Uh, something like decorating your house, preparing gifts, uh, going to activities and functions and parties that fill up our calendar at this time of year. You're either hosting or going to something. And in all that busyness, we, we sometimes lose sight of the very meaning and purpose for what we're doing all this about. And unfortunately, it just flies by, and we're just so filled with all this list of to-do things. And I've, I know I've got them in my head, too. And as I'm mentioning these things, some of you are going through a mental list right now and saying, oh, that's right, we've got to get those packages in the mail. Like in two days, it's going to happen really soon, you know. And anyway, all of that begins to crowd out, in my mind, with all of us, the whole meaning of what Christmas is about. And that God, in his love for us, did the greatest preparation piece in history in preparing for the coming of his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. It was a preparation process that happened over centuries of time in bringing us to this point where we celebrate this season of Christmas. So something to think about as we get ready to worship and, and listen to the word today and hear some stories about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you allow us to be here today to pause and take moment in this warm and comfortable, peaceful sanctuary that you provided for us to gather together. And we ask that as we spend this next few minutes with each other, that your Holy Spirit will come and speak to our hearts and that you will show us those things about ourselves and about you that we need to know today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yesterday was the 72nd, I believe, anniversary. I don't know why you would call it an anniversary, but the, the memory of uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, that was a defining moment in our nation's history, as most of you would know, and it brought us into World War II. And uh, then there was Korea, and then there was Vietnam, and then there was Iraq and Afghanistan and Kuwait, many different types of wars that have gone on over periods of time. We've had ambassadors of peace throughout history, people like Gandhi, people like Martin Luther King. Uh, and 
today I'm, I'm wearing this in honor of uh, Nelson Mandela. Many of you have heard his story. Many of you have seen all of the news accounts of uh, his life as a result of his passing uh, this week. And so, uh, as many of you know, we also have a partnership in Africa and have taken two trips to Sierra Leone where there was this great civil war that broke out. And uh, the first time we went there it was maybe three or four years after the war had ended, and yet we walked into a country that was still recovering and still experiencing a lot of strife and, and animosity and, and hardship, and, and we ran into just bits and pieces of that while we were there with some conflicts that we had with uh, our time and our, our involvement there, which was, was quite significant, but just a glimpse of what it's like when when people find themselves in hostility and in animosity with each other. Well, Nelson Mandela, many of you have probably learned or heard the story, but he grew up within South Africa. In 1948, they established a law called apartheid, which would separate the blacks and the whites within the country. And the blacks had to carry ID cards. Uh, they were not allowed to vote. Uh, they were pre prevented from being able to be full participants in the society itself. Uh, it was controlled by the, the white uh, population in the country. And as he was moving through the process, he began to speak out about the inequalities that existed in the country. And they put him on trial, and there was a good chance that he would be put to death as a result of the words that he had spoken. And he had become angry, and hostilities had broken out in, in the area there, and they were trying to break this bondage of, of a, a form of political slavery that existed for the blacks and the whites. But his message wasn't just, you know, for the blacks to take over majority rule. It was for them to all find a way to, to have peace with each other. And so instead of putting him to death, they sentenced him to life in, in prison. And for 27 years, Nelson Mandela was in a small jail cell uh, on an island, which is the equivalent of our Alcatraz, there in South Africa, along with uh, six other political prisoners who continued. But the people in that process began to take some hope and some courage within themselves, and they began to rise up. And even though he was in a prison cell and, and separated from communication and from people, his wife had taken up the cause. He had two young daughters that began to speak out. And in, and in 19, uh, 1990, he was released from prison. And with that came a great outpouring of celebration. And he then was, he, he, this angry young man that entered prison, came out as a more humble, broken man. And his, his greatest goal was to see the people come to forgiveness and reconciliation within the country and to eliminate this and, and become this bridge between these, these two factions, these two races that existed side by side with each other. He paid a heavy price to strive for peace in his country, and uh, it's amazing that he got out of prison in, in 1990, and in 1994 he was voted president of the country, just four years later. In 1993, he took presidency in 1994. He was elected, actually, in 1993. It was the first time everybody in the country had an opportunity to vote. 
And so much bridge work had been done at that point that in 1993, with the blacks being able to vote for the very first time in their lifetimes, and the images and the videos of that are phenomenally moving. <clears throat> and I encourage you, if you ever have a chance to see some of these documentaries and stuff about what was going on in that country at that time, that you would do that. You can see what the place that music played in that endeavor, the population, the masses, the, the hope, the, the enthusiasm of all the people. <clears throat> but 67% of the white people who voted in 1993 voted for Nelson Mandela. And so that began the, some transformations. He wasn't a perfect man. He was the first to say that he, he, he wasn't a perfect man, but he had a passion to see people uh, come together and live together in peace and in harmony. And, um, and, and so there's always that price to pay. Well, this morning, <clears throat> I want us to shift our attention to a scripture that's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. Talk about preparation of God and his saying something about what was to come. There was a, it, the world was dark, just like the world is dark today. People were at odds with each other. But the greatest, the greatest war that's taking place in anybody's life at any given time is the war that's taking place inside them. The war that we have with inside of ourselves, the battles that we feel within our souls, the enmity and the strife and the disharmony because of the sin and the brokenness of our own lives and the relationships and the chaos that that's caused as a result of that. That's, that's where the greatest peace is needed. Now, the, the Hebrew language has a wonderful word for peace. You all have heard it at one time or another, but that word is shalom, shalom. Shalom is not just the cessation of hostilities. A lot of times we think that peace is just the absence of war. But that's not what this word means in and of itself. Shalom means that it is health and wholeness. It is harmony. It is completeness. It is being fulfilled. And all of those qualifications and characteristics have to do with what's inside of a human being. Africa has a wonderful way of expressing some of the ways that we come to harmony and peace within our own souls. Some of the ways in which they express that in Africa is called a well-arranged soul. The, world, the word completeness. A song in the body. I like that one. A song in the body. And so we move forward in that. In this scripture, from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, was written of Jesus Christ who would come and be the prince of peace. Imagine that. We have had a lot of peacemakers in our world today. We've had a lot of peace treaties. We've had a lot of peace warriors. But here we see today, and as we read in this scripture, there is one who was called, one alone in all of history was called the prince of peace. Let's read this together. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So how is it that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? The first part that we think about him as the Prince of Peace is that he is the one 
that God sent to this world to bridge the gap that exists between ourselves and God himself. We needed a Savior to come. Now, some of you, probably this past week, saw the images of these pilot whales that were stranded down in the Everglades in Florida. And, and there, were, there were dozens and dozens, and they were trying to get these lost pilot whales to swim to deeper water and to find their way back out into the channel and the place that they are meant to be. They had lost their way. And in so many ways, that is an example or a picture of us. We lose our way, and we need a Savior to come and point the way back out of our critical and dangerous condition that we are in. Because it says in the Scriptures that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. And so we need a Savior to come to us. We don't have a sense of knowing that we need that, but honestly, for every single person on the face of the earth, including every person that's in here, every single one of us needs a Prince of Peace in our lives. Every one of us. Because we all need that shalom. And the only way we can experience that shalom in our lives is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Now, we hear that message over and over again. But I remember when I was seeing some of the documentaries of <clears throat> Nelson Mandela, some of the words and speeches he gave were the same words and same speeches over and over and over and over again. Sometimes we wonder, well, why do we keep repeating this same message over and over and over again? Partly because it takes multiple presentations in multiple ways until finally the Holy Spirit uses that word or that moment in your life, that nugget, that opportunity to transform you and come in and actually penetrate your heart, soul, and mind and spirit. It takes multiple presentations for some of us. For another reason is we have multiple generations coming up. And this is not something that is just inherited. This is something that needs to be spoken into the lives of our children because they have to gather up faith and understand this message of the bridge builder, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, for themselves as well. You just can't pass that on as an inheritance to the next generation. They have to be people that come to faith on their own, in their own, in their own methods, in their own ways. So Jesus came to bridge that chasm that existed between us and God. That chasm came into being because of the sin in our own lives. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, everyone. Which means that all of us, each and every one of us, needs this Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, in our lives. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, talks about this as to who Jesus was. And I'm going to read those verses for you. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, 
and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For all, for through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So there's, there's, this, there's this brokenness that exists within our own soul and our own spirit our humanity and our brokenness and our darkness and Jesus Christ being the Prince of Peace. And with that then becomes us as a family becoming family to one another. Having been in situations where there is great strife and conflict among people because of ideologies, because of race, because of various aspects that exist in this world and seeing how that anger seizes and attacks in, in, in unknown ways and in, in, in times when you don't expect it. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me to see. We, we didn't, when we were in Sierra Leone the first time, we didn't do anything really to cause anybody to be angry at us. We were there to, to help. We were there to, to minister peace and to encourage and give and build up and help restore and repair that which had been broken there. But we had rocks thrown at us. We had a driver thrown in jail. We were stopped. We... we we had things happen to us while we were there, and it was like, we, we didn't do, we're here to help. But think about what we've done to Jesus Christ in our lives and in this world and while he lived on this earth. What was done to him when he came? He came to be the Prince of Peace for all people, for the greatest need and the deepest desire of their hearts. And yet, what happened to him? What became of him? He was opposed. He was stoned. He was accused. He was falsely and, and cruelly put upon a cross. And he died. He went to death on a cross for us, for you and I. What an amazing thing that is. The greatest sacrifice that anyone can make is to lay down his life for a friend. But Jesus laid down his life for all people, not only just his friends, but all people, his enemies, the very ones who were cursing him and, and killing him and driving the nails into his hands and feet, Jesus Christ said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Can you imagine that kind of love? Can you imagine a God who loves you so much that he would offer his own son for your benefit, that you might have peace in your life, completeness, fulfillment, that you might have a song in your soul because of what he's done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. What a great gift. That window is open. That door is open to every person, every single one. And we wonder sometimes, why does it really matter? And we get moved by the stories of people on this earth who have been bridge builders like Nelson Mandela, and yet we can sometimes overlook the depth and the magnificence of what the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, has done for each and every one of us. So my prayer for you as we enter into this season of Christmas this year and as the preparation takes place is that we would be able to fill, be filled with a sense of gratitude a sense of praise, a sense of joy, a sense of peace that only he can bring to each and every one of us because of his great love for us. That's my great desire for you this year. That window isn't always open. The opportunity is always there, but there's times when the Holy Spirit has you right where he wants you in your mind and in your heart. Don't resist this Christmas. 
anything that God wants to do with you or through you or show you. Don't resist inside. Yield. Yield. Submit. Give it all up. Give it all up. Be willing to surrender. That is the hardest thing for us to do in our walk in this life is to give it all up because we don't know what that's all going to mean out there. But I can guarantee you what it means. It will mean the fulfillment of your life. It doesn't protect you from bad things still happening in your life. doesn't do that. doesn't mean that you're going to get a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But what it brings you is the greatest treasure of all. And in, in my estimation, the greatest treasure of all is peace within. It's peace within. I've, during Vietnam, I was one of those demonstrators out there with students on campuses, got tear gas, got chased around, ended up in the army for two years. Um, anyway, <laughs> but that was okay. God had a plan in that, and I felt like I should serve my country, but I was certainly going to fight to get us out of that quagmire mess over there. And there are some things that you are passionate about today, about what's happening in our country. And if, if you feel like you need to be an ambassador, you need to stand up, you need to step up for something that's grinding on you, go ahead, I encourage you in that. That's fine. But don't do that as the absolute ultimate aim and quest. Your ultimate aim and quest is in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time of year. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the preparation that went into his coming, that over the centuries of time, it's a messy process, but in the midst of all of it, your plan was still unfolding all the way through to today. Because Jesus is Prince of Peace, who has come to bring peace within each and every one of us, will one day come and restore peace and order to the entire earth. I pray, God, that our hearts would be full of gratitude and fulfillment and a sense of peace and joy as the greatest gift that you have brought to us through your Son, who has done something for us that we could not do for ourselves in that he has bridged that gap between us and you, that we might have relationship, that we might have fellowship, that we might have communion with you, our loving, heavenly Father. If this is your day to open your heart to him, you simply need to ask God to forgive you for your sins. That you've walked away from him, you've wandered from him. God, I'm, I'm sorry for having been so distant from you. And the, 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 the darkness within my heart, the anxiety, the lack of peace that I feel in my soul continues to be at war within me. But today is the day that I'm willing to lay that down and surrender to you. I embrace your Savior, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, into my life. That I might walk in fullness of joy and fullness of life. That I might put things right between me and you. And walk in reconciled relationship with you and with those around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to receive our offering at this time. So I'm going to pray, and we'll have the ushers come, and you can prepare to make your gifts to God. Thank you, Lord, for your great gift to us. And as we offer these offerings to you in faith, through tithes, offerings, gifts, we do that with a joyful heart.
thanking you for your provision for us. In Christ's name, amen. This time of year, there's a lot of music that takes place uh, here at Community Church. We're very blessed to have Alicia as part of one of our staff members and the talents that she has. It's a good time to honor her. Music is something we're going to celebrate tonight and something I'm going to share with you tonight about the power of music and the transformational work that it does in our lives. We're going to stand and sing the first Noel as our closing song today. The first Noel.
I'm certain we day in Gunnison. Also this afternoon is a ladies' tea. It's the women's Christmas tea. Uh, Donna and has been working hard with that. And uh, yes, here. Yes. Kathy Pryor has also been working hard with that. Yes, she is. She's saying, y'all, Kathy, that she's brought, you brought Texas into Donna. Where are you? She's back there. Thank you, Kathy. What time is that today? 2.30. Okay. Yeah, okay. 2.30 and come at 1.30. And uh, anyway, um, Virginia's going to write your prayer request down for you today. So that's, she's sitting there ready to hear what you have to say. Joys or concerns this morning? Whatever you have. Anybody? Yes, Jody. Somebody else has something to share today? Anything at all? All right. We're glad that everybody's here, um, wherever you've come from and that you made it here today. Um, all right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace today and forever. Amen. Sing Alleluia to the Lord. Sing Alleluia to the Lord. Sing Alleluia. Sing Alleluia. Sing Alleluia to the We'll be starting our congregational meeting. We do this only once a year, so I encourage everyone who's a part of this church to participate. We're going to start that in five minutes. We'll do a little countdown for it. And the kids are going to be taken care of over at next door. The King's kids are taken care of. 